I think people spend too much time trying to get better at their weaknesses Mm -hmm. instead of spending all that time and energy doing what they're really, really good at to move the needle and hiring out or trading out or, or bargaining or finding somebody else to do the parts that they're not good at. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. And we're back. With another episode of He Said, She Said. We are in New York City. New York. I love this place. Little known fact, people don't know this. I got you to agree that we could live here for one month in fall. Right before COVID hit. Yeah. Like I've always wanted to, to be a quote New Yorker. Not that a month here would make me a New Yorker, but I've always wanted to like have a place, live here, walk around everywhere, be a part of the hustle and bustle. I was this close. I have always not wanted to live here. Yeah. That's why I it was a battle. I do love it here. I absolutely love it. I love visiting. I love being here for a week, even two weeks. I could see a month for sure. But it just starts to close in on me after a while. Like, I really like expansiveness and seeing, like, there's something for me that I, the reason I go to the ocean just about every single day when I'm near it is to, like, look all the way out. I just clear my thoughts. I feel like it's super cleansing. And I don't necessarily feel that here. And I'm sure there is. Like, I know that there's spots that people definitely go to, but... For me, I definitely just like a little bit more space. But I do love this. I love the contrast. I love it. Like every time I come here, I get filled up with energy, like a whole different level of energy. But I don't think I could do it 24-7. I like that it is something different to me, right? So I like that I can come here and know I'm going to have a totally different feeling and then go bounce back to my real life and then bounce back here. If I could get out here three to four times a year, I think that'd be perfect mm-hmm. for me. I think, honestly, if I'm being totally truthful, the thing for me is like, I just get a little bit worn down by, I go walk out on the street and I kind of want to like smile at people or hold doors. And the fact that it doesn't really ever get reciprocated and people don't really smile back at you, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a big part of my life coming from the Midwest is like in the Midwest and in Arizona when we're there, like everyone waves back at you for the most part. I would say 90% of people wave at you and smile. And for me, that interaction is like really soul filling. So to be here and not get that back, I'm kind of like, oh gosh. Yeah, I understand. Oh. I mean, I understand, listen, there's 20 million people packed into a totally. small city. They, can't. Moving they about. would they literally can't. die emotionally. Yep. Like they'd never they be able they to keep get up anywhere. with it. Totally. It'd be exhausting. (laughs) Well, we're out here for a really cool reason. So we are both speaking separately at uh, Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb's amazing event out here. Unfair Advantage Live. And freaking love those two. And so one, grateful that they asked us to come out and speak. Now, Lori, you're doing the keynote. You're closing the whole thing down on the keynote. That's a huge honor. You're going to crush it, babe. Don't worry. (laughs) And I'm part of a Q&A panel. And that's actually my favorite way to speak. People asking me random questions is my favorite thing. You're so good at it, too. Now, when we're trying to think of what we want to do for our episode today, you kind of came up with, okay, let's warm you up. 
I'm going to ask you random questions. You don't know what they are. He came out of the bathroom and I said, here's what we're doing. Thanks for that Go visual, with it. by the way. I'm sure they wanted that. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're doing. I said, I'm going to ask you like two or three questions. You're not going to know what the questions are at all. And you just have to answer them. Then you can ask me if you want to. All right. My input. I swear to God, I don't know what she's no. going to ask me. But she not seemed like really giddy and really excited. They're not crazy. Now I feel like I need to come up with something crazy. She seemed really giddy and really excited to ask me. Okay. All right. Okay. So first question, rapid fire. Where do you think confidence comes from? Where does your confidence come from? Being real to yourself. I think confidence comes from knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're not good at and not trying to be and not trying to do the things that you are not good at and really leaning into the things that you are good at. And honestly, I think this is what slows people down in life. I think that people spend too much time. I know this is probably the opposite advice that you've heard. I think people spend too much time trying to get better at their weaknesses mm. instead of spending all that time and energy doing what they're really, really good at to move the needle and hiring out or trading out or, or bargaining or finding somebody else to do the parts that they're not good at. And I feel like confidence comes from staying in your lane and crushing that and finding the complementary people and the complementary pieces to help back you up in other areas. You know, it's really interesting if you think of it in terms of an athlete. It'd be like telling a football player who has a natural ability in football to like go work on basketball in order to get better at football. Like they're not going to go and do that. They might <clears throat> look at the common themes of athletics, but they're not going to go spend their day on their court getting better at something they're not good at in order to get better at football. Like they're going to just focus on their skill set and like really expand that. It's crazy because I think a lot of people do exactly what you said. And they're like, oh, I got to get better at, you know, building websites. I should learn everything about it when that is not what they're good at at all, nor mm -hmm. do they have the brain for it. I think that's the difference. Yep. Know how your brain is wired. Yeah. Like, is that something that you can even do or get good enough at? Because some people's brains won't even, no matter how good you try to get, it just doesn't function that way. Yep. Now, what about you? Where do you think it comes from? Or did you kind of answer it in the answer? I agree with you, but I also think that confidence comes from keeping promises to yourself and doing hard things within that realm of your skill set. So not even always within the realm of your skill set, but like doing hard things in general, like showing up for your workout and actually doing it. And the more that you can trust yourself and your ability to show up and count on yourself, I think that's where confidence comes from. Like I was just thinking of it in terms of me speaking. It's like, I'm confident that I can speak only because I kept showing up even when I was nervous or scared or had a panic attack on stage. Like I know that I can get through it because I've just gotten through it. Even if it wasn't fun to get through it, even if it didn't go as planned, even if I fall on my face, I have confidence in myself that I'm going to stick to it and get through it. Love it. Okay, what's okay. the next one? Lay it on me. Where does <clears throat> your motivation come from? One, I am just downright motivated by living an extraordinary life. I'm obsessed with this concept that we get one go around in this body, in, in this version, and... I don't want to waste it. I don't want it to be mediocre. I don't want it to be inconvenient. I don't want it to be average. And that's okay if you do, but I know at the core what I want. And I think there's one of the secrets to life, knowing at the core of what you actually want and then being unapologetic about it. I'm unapologetic about the, the fact that I want an extraordinary life with extraordinary experiences, extraordinary memories, with extraordinary people that I love. Mm. And 
we don't have a minute to waste. If people actually understood how short life was, mm-hmm. if people actually were able to grasp the concept of how few minutes and days and weeks and years you actually have, then you would demand an extraordinary life full of extraordinary experiences too. And, and that's where my motivation comes from is to live that type of extraordinary life with extraordinary experiences. It takes this thing that we all agreed to trade called money. And to be able to be in touch with that fact that, okay, it takes money, then I just have to go out and accumulate as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. Second one is I'm obsessed with safety in terms of creating legacy wealth for our family. You know, you and I are the, the main breadwinners in the family. When I say the family, I mean the extended family. And every family member has awesome things to contribute. But the thing that we were gifted was the ability to create wealth. And so I feel a responsibility and that responsibility really drives me. It's where the other half of the motivation comes from to make sure that we can be counted on as the ones that are creating the the legacy wealth for generations to come. Mm-hmm. What about you? What motivates you? Um, definitely that the, the one go around in life. And also I know that we talk about this too. Like we want legacy wealth. And I think we're thinking of, cause we kind of understand how legacy works. Like mm-hmm. it's one to two generations. Mm-hmm. None of that money's kind of gone. If we're being honest, but you know what they say, have you heard of the third generation curse? Yeah, talk about it. So the first generation, obviously, they create the wealth. They make a lot of money. And so they are the generation that is, is I don't want to say most interesting, right? But yeah. they did the work. They built the story. Yeah. Second generation got to see them do it. So they understand the concept of hard work. They understand what it took for their parents to get there. They understand everything that went into it. So they respect the wealth. Mm-hmm. Third generation didn't get to see it. And so they don't respect the wealth as much. They don't understand what went into it. They have no concept of how hard it was and what it took. And that's the one that creates the down cycle of mm. wealth. And when they create a down cycle of wealth, the next generation has to come in, start all over again and clean it up. Mm. I feel like the world is kind of in that spot right now. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> like not really seeing. We want to keep this show, right? So don't get me started on that. It's this idea of legacy, but also that like, honestly, no one's going to remember me. No one's going to remember what I did. No. So I might as well, number one, that is incredible freedom. When I actually let myself think of that, it's like, to be honest, that should give us complete freedom to screw up. That should Mm -hmm. give us complete freedom to go for that big vision and that big dream. Because I really believe that the people who have the biggest risk tolerances are the ones who are going to be able to go for it the most in this lifetime. And I don't think that you can have a bigger risk tolerance if you really believe that everything is weighing on you being the greatest you know, version of yourself in this one go round. Like you have to give yourself a little bit of flexibility and remember and grace and remember that if we're being honest, unless you're doing something absolutely insane that impacts the globe, you're probably not going to be remembered for more than a generation or two and maybe three. Yep. And that gives me incredible motivation to want to do my best with this gift this very short gift that I am given. And I'm really motivated to help other people experience this life too, because I feel like I, just especially the way that I grew up in religion, I feel like the narrative, this is just my personal experience, was like the more that you suffer in this life, the more rewarded you will be. And I don't believe that because growing up around that, it was just never a great feeling. (laughs) 
And I don't want people to live that life. I really want people to use this life for everything that they can. And we can experience so much and we have the ability to experience so much. We're so blessed to. So that's what I really want. Listen, you are put here to contribute, not to suffer. Mm-hmm. That, that is what I wholeheartedly believe. You, and I don't mean you, Lori, of course you, Lori, but you, figuratively speaking, you listening, you are put here to contribute, not to suffer. Mm-hmm. All right, last question. What do you think the secret is to creating really good relationships in terms of networking relationships? Playing the long game. It's funny, Lewis House was just teaching at my mastermind. By the way, you guys, shameless plug, we are filling seats for the elite mastermind. If you're going to make over $500,000, you want to learn from people like, you know, Daniel Canty, Lewis Howes, you know, all the incredible people that, that come and teach, go to chrisharder.me forward slash mastermind. We get together for extended periods of time, twice a year, tons of one-on-one coaching in between. Like it's the best program out there to, to move the needle for you for one year, but it's only for people who have a business that are making over. $500,000 in 2023. Everyone else in that room, there's seven figure and eight figure businesses. So I, I, I just have to say, if you're going to take a big leap, that is the room to be in. There's like nothing like it that I've seen in my entire life. Like these people truly grow their businesses more than I think they even expected in that room. Obviously you have to show up and be ready to do the work, but you're going to feel stretched. You're going to feel scared. And that's just how you grow. That's how we've grown yep. as masterminds. And Definitely. Well, it is the room to be in. It's actually the answer to your question, right? So mm-hmm. what is the key to long-term networking relationships? Number one, get in the room to meet the people. It's so true. Right? Number one, get in the room to meet the people. You have to be able to create these accidental collisions or you can't start the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's number one. But number two is you got to play the long game. The reason I can have all these people come and volunteer their time to come speak and teach people I care about is because... I have spent years looking for opportunities to add value to their life without asking for anything in return. In other words, every day that I wake up, I try to be hyper-conscious about what my friends and acquaintances need in life. I literally keep one eye open, one ear open, pointed towards all my friends and acquaintances, looking for them to post or say or make a, a comment off the cuff of what they need. And then I store that in my active memory. Hey, I've got to solve that need if I can. And I can't solve all the needs. I don't go over the top trying to solve them. But when I come across someone who can, you know, maybe they'd be a great introduction or an opportunity. Hey, maybe you could go speak at this event or anything that will help to solve that need or that challenge they have. I quickly go match those two things up and create value in their life. So a long-term game of, of creating value in their life without expecting anything in return that's where true networking comes from. I love it. What about you? Well, I totally agree with you. I think it is the long game. And it's, I mean, it's 100% what you said. I'm always thinking of how I can help somebody, how I can solve a problem. And also, man, what rooms can I get into? I know I'm getting, I'm going to a mastermind where I know nobody, nobody in Miami. I'm going by myself. And do I want to go? Am I being totally honest? I absolutely do not want to go. But I know that there's going to be magic in that room for me because there always is. I trusted it the first time that I decided that I I trusted somebody else. I heard on Lewis House podcast and a bunch of other podcasts that masterminds were where it was at. I heard Jack Canfield say it. He's kind of the OG, right, of personal development, one of them. 
And I trusted them and believed them that this is how they grew their life and their career. And so I went. And ever since then, I've been taking that leap of faith, knowing that even if it's not the exact thing that I needed, or even if it doesn't turn out the way that I wanted, that it turns out the way that it was supposed to. And I trust that. I believe that. What I just said is an actual core belief of mine. If it didn't turn out the way that I wanted, it turned out the way that it was supposed to. And I always extract the lesson. If you can't extract the lesson from the good thing and the bad thing, then you're actually missing some of the greatest lessons in life. So for me, I am trusting that this room is going to have magic. Therefore, it means that I will find it. And I know that. So that's what it is. It's going into different rooms because if you don't have the answer yet, it means that you haven't um, met done the enough person seeking with the answer. and you haven't met the person with the answer. You're not asking the right question. So I'm going to meet new people and I'm going to ask better questions. So good, babe. All right, guys. Love and appreciate you listening as always. And if you want to apply for the 2023 class, jump in our mastermind, chrisharder.me forward slash mastermind or just DM me on Instagram. Love and appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.